Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another edition, another day of Everyday Gospel, where I take you through the Gospels, um, you know, one at a time. And then after that, you know, we'll see where it goes. But, um, you know, we're going to be in the Gospels, just kind of focusing on Jesus. Um, they're kind of meant to be, you know, somewhere between... 15, 20 minutes, sometimes a little longer, um, but hopefully nothing like 40 minutes or something like that, because <laughs> that would be really long. Um, <clears throat> so anyways, um, today we're looking at Matthew 2, and we're going to be stopping at verse 12. So let's just get into it, right? So it says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived unexpectedly in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born King of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people and asked them where the Messiah would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what was written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, because out of you will come a leader who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I can go worship. After hearing the king, they went on their way. And there was the star they had seen in the east. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star... They were overjoyed beyond measure. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. And they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned about in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. And so what we have here, so let's go over a few things. So. First thing is some historical context is really important to understand Herod and these wise men, get some information on, on this people. So first thing is the days of King Herod. So there are multiple Herods in the New Testament time here. Um, this specifically Herod was Herod the Great. And he gets a really bad rap in the New Testament, obviously, because of what happens uh, next week when he kills all the babies. Um, and he's he's crazy. You know, he's not like, you know, a, that great of a person. He killed his family. Um, but it wasn't always that way. His rule actually started in about... 40 BC, 37 BC, something like that, until 
4 AD where he died. And I guess there is some controversy about when exactly he died. It could have been, you know, the year six or seven or something, but um, it's around that time. And so his career as a king um, didn't start off well, okay, because he was this, uh, what's called, he was from Aduma, uh, or is it Adumia, something like that. And basically the Jewish people didn't consider him to be a legitimate king, right? They wanted someone else you know, but Rome liked his dad. And so they placed him in charge of Bethlehem. And the Jewish people did not like that one bit. Um, but after his father died, um, you know, he kind of went a little crazy. Um, he ended up, you know, murdering his own kids and wife. Um, and, and though he was considered to be someone that ruled with like this iron fist, he wasn't totally evil in the sense that he actually helped restore the Jewish temple, which no king had done at that time, not since Solomon. So this is the first, you know, king set up by Rome that's actually trying to, to help the Jewish people. And so he actually met the needs of the people. Um, he enacted policies to help them meet the needs of the Jewish people. He even provided uh, for the Jewish people out of his own resources during times of famine. Um, and even provided jobs to the Jewish people. This, this was all before 13 BC. But around 13 BC, until the end of his reign, he changed. He became more um divisive politically start executing people he was having a lot of family problems there were wars that he was involved in and so he placed a golden eagle at the temple gate which was a symbol of rome and so once he did that he kind of lost all support of the jewish people because now you know he put the eagle up at the temple by the temple and now the jewish people are like it was our temple you know it's our religion and stuff like that and so now the jewish people hate herod and he becomes you know just kind of unhinged a little bit and even on his deathbed dude sad even on his deathbed he had all these Jewish people executed in prisons for no reasons, just so there'd be weeping on the day of his passing. Like, wow, right? Like, that is really messed up. So I didn't know all that about him, though. And it actually kind of brings Herod kind of to, to life here because, you know, when he's worried about this king of the Jews, you can see why. It's because the Jewish people didn't think he was a legitimate king in the first place. So he's very concerned that this Jewish king is going to come, right? And he's going to take over politically from him. Okay, so that's some stuff about Herod. Now, the Magi were some people that came from East. Um, they... So there's some speculation, like people assume that maybe there was 
only three wise men because there's three gifts and even some traditions name them there's three names right and i I don't have them in front of me but that is uh, a common tradition that there's three but nowhere in scripture does it say that there's only three of them right we know that in this time traveling from the east to jerusalem would be very dangerous you wouldn't go with just a couple people. You would go with that big entourage, you know, probably 30, 40, 50 people and travel together. They're robbers, just weather, all this stuff. So you would go in, in, in a bigger group. And so um, now when it says that they were wise men, they weren't like wise, like in the sense of Solomon, like, not in that way. They were wise men as in they were astrologers. Um, you know, they practiced uh, divination, stuff like that. Stuff like that you're not supposed to do as God-fearing people, right? Um, God said don't mess with that stuff. But, like, here they are. And it's, and it's cool because Jesus is literally drawing <laughs> pagans and Gentiles from another country's to invite them to come worship him, you know, be changed by Jesus. And so that's so cool to see that. But the Magi were really into astrology and stuff like that and the stars. And so they, you know, it says that there's a a star that rose, right? And we saw a star in the east. and, And that's kind of a mistranslation, actually. The literal translation in the greek is we saw his star rising if they saw his star to the east that would not bring them to jerusalem so that that translation doesn't um really make sense there but um you know they saw the star rising so here we see this supernatural event and i am just so convinced because when you look at all the events surrounding Jesus's birth like I did a study one time of just Jesus's birth you know like from John uh you know John the Baptist all of that up to Jesus public ministry it's mostly in Luke there um but there's the story as well that's inc- included if you harmonize them and It's just, it's so filled with supernatural events, you know, like uh, John the Baptist's dad, like, can't speak. He sees angels. We see Mary being filled with the spirit and being pregnant and blessing, Uh, you know, the wife, the mom of John the Baptist and her. And so it's like. You see all these angel visitations. We see this miraculous star in the east. We're seeing full force supernatural things. And I think that's because, you know, it's been silent from God for 400 years. So I think God wanted to get everyone's attention and be like, hey, there's something new happening. Like God is on the move again. And you can't deny it. You can't deny this stuff. This is all heavily unnatural stuff that's going on right so the star to the east people have been trying to explain this for a long time like 
was it the alignment of Jupiter and Saturn in like six six uh you know AD or was it this or was it that and you know the truth is is that we don't know and even the Greek word for angel or for star it could be messenger or angel too so like it could have been an angel that led them it could have been really any number of things the point is is that it was something supernatural that got their attention so when they saw the star rising they're like there's a new king that's been born let's go and so they go to jerusalem why because jerusalem is actually in uh where they would expect the king to be it's the capital and they would expect, you know, Herod, who's the king of that area at the time, to, you know, have the new king. So they're expecting him to be in Jerusalem already. So that's why, you know, they get to Jerusalem. There's, you know, where is this king born of the Jews? We saw his star. We've come to worship him. And so King Herod heard this and was deeply disturbed in all Jerusalem with them. Right, because there were rumors that the Messiah was coming. This was a common thing on people's mind at this time. And so it's troubling to Herod because he's going to lose his kingdom, he thinks. And it's just so funny, right, what man thinks and God thinks. God already said that he's going to save people from their sins. But the Jewish nation and Rome expected the Messiah to be this political figure that was going to defeat Rome and start his all his rule and reign. And that just wasn't what Jesus was going to do. But um, he's, he's troubled and the people are troubled because Herod's troubled. He's, you know, he's erratic. He's unpredictable. So it could be bad, right? Yet, um, you know, he hears this and he's like, okay, I'm going to get my scribes and priests because in his council, there would have been, you know, scholars and stuff. So he gets the best scribes and chief priests and says, hey, like, where is this Messiah supposed to be born? And so they figure out through this Old Testament scripture here in verse five and six um, that it's in Bethlehem. Bethlehem is where they need to look. And so interesting right he's like okay so he tells them where it is they needed help the wise men you know they just saw the star knew something big was going on but they didn't know they weren't jewish you know they didn't know the scriptures and stuff so bethlehem and then he asked them the wise men secretly you know when did you see this star? Because it probably took them a while to travel. Jesus is not a baby at this time. Like it's assumed they're in a house. Remember, they were in a major before because uh, when he was born, he was put in the sheep trough, you know, where the animals eat their food. So we know that it's not there. Like it wasn't when he was born that the Magi are coming. This is later. And we know that too because Herod says kill every child under two. He's expecting them to be two or younger by this point. So this is a little bit later on than the birth story of Jesus, okay? And so, you know, he says go search carefully for the child, verse 
8 report back to me so I can worship him. Okay. We know Herod doesn't want to worship him. You know, <laughs> he's worried about this. So, but he's trying to deceive the wise men. He's trying to trick them like, yeah, I want to worship him too. So like, you know, tell me where he is. So they went on their way. And it seems, look, boom, the star comes out again. Verse 10, they saw the star. They were, they were overjoyed beyond measure. And then entering the house, they saw the chair, the child with his ma mother Mary. And finally, these, they worshipped him. And this could be a sign, like the gift giving, like in Isaiah 66. It says, caravans of camels will cover your land, the young camels of Midian and Ephath. All of them will come from Sheba. They will carry gold and frankincense to proclaim praises of God. Or in Psalm 72, 10 and 11, it says, May the kings of Tarnish and the coast and islands all bring tri tribute. The kings of Sheba offer gifts. Let all kings bow down to him. All nations serve him. So some people think that this is a fulfillment of that. They think that that was prophetic about Jesus. And so we have these, you know, but the Magi aren't really kings. So, you know, it, it's up for, to talk about for a discussion, but they come. And so here's the other thing about the star, right? It says it led them to the house. Well, think about it. How low would that star have to be in our atmosphere? Right? Because if you see us, like, if you see the North, uh, the North Star that's the brightest in our sky, right? And you would never be able to tell what house that was under, right? I mean, it would literally have to be, I think scientists said, like a mile high. So some people don't think it was a star. Like I said, it could have been an angel. could have just been a vision, like something they, they're seeing, you know? Like we, we don't know, and that's why it's, it's miraculous, right? Um, but they get to the house, and they worship Jesus, and they give their treasures, gold, frankincense, and frankincense and myrrh. These are all very kingly, expensive gifts. Um, these are like, you know, cost some money. So they are paying tribute to Jesus here. And then verse 12, it being warned in a dream, they didn't go back to Herod but go to a different route. Now, Herod was smart because where Bethlehem was, there was no easy way. Basically, all roads <laughs> led to Jerusalem. And with the caravan that big, you know, they would be spotted trying to go like a different way from Jerusalem, like once they got close enough. So they must have had to go way down south and then east to loop all the way back around so um it's interesting because herod you know is, is he gets mad because he was tricked by them like they didn't come back but what really kind of stuck out to me in this passage you know looking at it in the history and all this stuff is like god leading us supernaturally like we see the wise men are being led supernaturally to Jesus. You know, there's a supernatural sign in the sky and they weren't wrong, right? There was this Messiah just born, you know what I mean? And they acknowledge he's the king of the Jews, 
You know what I mean? So, and that's why Herod's scared too, right? He lost favor with the Jewish people. He, he's he's really worried about that. And so, and then they're they're supernaturally warned again um, in verse 12 through dreams. And so it kind of made me think of like, you know, how does God lead us today? You know, he leads us in, in a variety of ways. There's no, um, you know, it's it's different than like, you know, the Magi. Obviously, it's heavily supernatural. But like, you know, the first thing I think about is God's word, right? He leads us. He, he'll guide us supernaturally, like through his word. And I'm a big, pro, you know, proponent of keeping scripture in context, you know, that we don't just apply things to ourselves, you know, that's not meant to be applied to ourselves. Like, um, you know, if my people will humble and, and pray, you know, I, I will heal their land. Like that verse is specifically specifically giving to the Israel Israel because they were being captured. <laughs> they were being um, you know, Nebuchadnezzar's coming and they're going into captivity. And God, like, that's the context of the verse. So, like, for us to take that and say, well, if we just pray, God will heal America or something like that, like, that that might be true, right? If, if we pray to God and ask him to heal our country. But it's not, like, a promise that was given to us that was given to Israel. And so sometimes we have to be careful of that. Um, and so, but I do believe that there is an element of when we're reading scripture, you know, sometimes things just pop out of us, you know, pop out at us. And I, and I remember, so when I was getting, uh, praying about my wife, Christina, um, we were dating at the time and I was praying if we should be together like if we should, this is the one that God had for me, all this stuff. And so here, here I am praying, I'm fasting, and God like gives me this verse. And one of the prophets, I'm like, man, this doesn't, I don't know. I don't know what this means. You know, I don't get it. And I'm thinking about it like all morning, like I'm riding the bus to work and I'm like, well, I don't know what this means. So then my uncle Larry, who like, you know, I don't talk to that often at the time, like we weren't talking all the time or anything, but he texts me the same exact verse later that day, like midday around lunchtime. And I was like, oh, that's weird, right? Like, okay. And then I remember I was just praying like, you know, for if we're supposed to get married, all this stuff. And I'm like, God, is this, is this it? Is this your plan? And I kid you not, in my the cross-reference to the verse that God had given me and then that Larry had texted me, next to it said divine guidance. And he gave another verse. So I was like, oh, this is it, right? And the verse that it was, was it just said, I have purposed it under the heavens. Like that was the verse. And so I took that as like, Okay, God's giving me the okay. Like this is who I'm supposed to be with, and now we've been together 15 years. We have four kids, 
Um, and not, not that it's always been easy, uh, but, you know, we're together. And I believe that God, you know, put us together. Like, she's the one. And I believe that that verse now, if I were to study that verse in context, has nothing to do with me. But I do believe that God can sometimes speak to us through his word supernaturally like that. Um, it doesn't happen every day, you know. Um, but a lot of times God will speak to us when we just read his word in context. And if we're studying correctly, like we're going to get his message for us. You know what I mean? Um, but in other ways, like through prayer, right? Prayer, you know, we pray about things and God will guide us. Um, you know, scripture, God will guide us. People, God will use people all the time to speak into our lives and guide us, right? Um, even dreams, uh, I believe. I don't think it's as common as it was back then, but like, yeah, I do like God does speak through dreams still. And then there's still like just a supernatural like move, like you feel like you need to do something or be somewhere. That happens too. And so God will guide us as we, you know, follow him. So just follow Jesus, like keep it going, like keep reading, keep praying, keep studying. And if there's things you need, you know, God knows. And he says to, you know, to, if you need wisdom, you like wisdom to pray and he'll give it to you and he'll guide you. And I, I'm not saying that, like I've lived through this stuff and even now, right? Like I need a job. Um, I have to be out of the, out of uh, the place I'm living at right now by January. So because of COVID and stuff, I've been on a layoff into uh until january of 2021 and now I've just been doing school full time but like yeah i am looking for work right now so i need god to open up doors there um you know and i also we need a place to live in the next few months and so it's it's a little stressful you know because it's life but as we pray right and as i talk to people and as i seek his his word you know, God's going to lead us and guide us to the right place that we need to be. So, and he'll do the same for you. So, um, that's the message for today, guys. I hope you guys are blessed. And um, I'll try to get these out every Sunday. So, expect a new episode every Sunday. Okay? All right. Bye, guys. Uh, blessings. And, yeah. Okay, guys. Bye.